0: Turn with me tonight to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. We're going to read from the verse 26. John chapter 6, verse 26. Jesus answered them and said... Verily, verily, I say unto you, Ye seek me, not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves, and were filled. Labour not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe in him whom he hath sent. They said therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven, and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth in me shall never thirst. But I said unto you, that ye also have seen me, and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which have sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son, and believeth in him, may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. The Jews then murmured at him, because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he saith, I came down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the father which hath sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God. Every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. Not that any man hath seen the Father, save he which is of God, he hath seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth in me hath everlasting life. Amen. We'll end the reading there at verse 47 and we pray God will stamp with his own blessing and approval the reading of his infallible and inerrant word. Now my text tonight is taken from John chapter 6 and verse 37. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. And my subject this evening is a wonderful text That made history. Because this text is known in evangelical circles as John Bunyan's text. John 6 and 37 is John Bunyan's text. Now I'm sure you've heard of the name of John Bunyan. He was born on the 28th of November 1628 in the village of Elstow near Bedford. He had a little schooling. At 16 he joined the parliamentary army. That was Cromwell's army. Three years later he returned to Bedford and took up his father's trade as a tinker. Now young people, a tinker in those days was a mender of pots and pans. After he married, he took up a deep interest in true religion. At first, he was part and parcel of the Anglican Church, but then he joined a non-conformist group in Bedford. And After the restoration of the monarchy with King Charles I, true religious freedom was curtailed, John Bunyan was arrested. He spent 12 years in jail. His crime? He refused to give up preaching in the open air. In jail... He wrote a book called, or entitled, Grace Abounding to the Chief of Sinners. He also started to write another book in prison called Pilgrim's Progress. It's the greatest Christian book ever written, second to the Bible. And this book, written by John Bullion, called Pilgrim's Progress, was finished after he came out of prison and was later published Um, and became a bestseller, and is still a bestseller today. Now, late in life, Bunyan was on a journey from Reading to London, uh, and then onward toward home in the direction of Bedford. It was a long, tiresome journey. And sadly, he was overtaken by a huge storm, uh, and he was drenched. And sadly, on the journey, he became feverish. Whenever he returned home, the fever lingered. It lingered for about 10 days. And 10 days later, on the 31st of August, 1688, at the age of 59, John Bunyan died. Now, I've given you a biographical sketch of John Bunyan. And let me tell you this. John Bunyan was saved through the words of John 6 and 37. That's why we call it John Bunyan's text. And in his book, Grace Abounding to the Chief of Sinners, he wrote of how he felt in a spiritual sense. He felt his own unworthiness. He felt he had gone too far in life to be saved. He believed he was beyond the reach of saving grace. He was felt that he was unworthy. Felt that he was unable to come to God. He wrote, and I quote, A wretch like me cannot come and expect to be forgiven. And then the light dawned on him. He discovered that the Lord Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And and these words were brought to bear upon him by the Holy Spirit. Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. And even though he felt unworthy, He came to Christ through these words. They also were a great help to John Bunyan in times of doubt. You know, he struggled with his acceptance before God. He questioned in his heart time and time again if he was saved. And he said, and I quote, This sweet text did most sweetly visit my soul. Oh, what sweet comfort in these words. The the readiness of Christ. The the willingness of Christ. the, The ability of Christ to save was all sucked out of these words by John Bunyan, and he filled his mind with it. And you know, in the last days of his life, that journey from Reading through London toward Bedford, whenever he encountered that huge storm and became feverish in the journey and took to bed, and he, he knew that soon he was going to die. And this word, this word came with great light, And lit up for him the valley of death. For him it was like an anchor to the soul. As I've said, this was John Bunyan's text. A text through which he got saved. A text that he held on to in times of doubt. A text that was an anchor to his soul in the valley of death. You're familiar perhaps with the life and times of John Bunyan. The Reverend John Bunyan. Here's a reference. A text that has made history. I have a question tonight. Will you make it your text? There's there's three or four wonderful things here. There's a wonderful gift here. Notice the words, all that the Father giveth me. We'll stop there. I want you to think in your mind of God the Father Giving a gift to God the Son. And you could ask yourself, well, what's the makeup of the gift? And the answer is the gift of precious souls. God's gift to his Son, I believe, is the greatest gift that was ever be given. The great heavenly Father giving the souls of men and women in eternity past and the council of redemption as a gift to his son. God gave a great number that no man can number. A great company of all types and kinds of sinners. They're called the elect. The chosen of God. Who are they? Someone has said, well, that's God's business. And you mind your own business. Other people have argued, even in Spurgeon's day, the preacher should only preach to the elect. Spurgeon said, but we don't know who they are. He challenged men who said that to him. You go about and put an X mark on the men and women that you think are the elect. And I will preach to them. And of course, that's impossible. We uh, believe in the free and full offer of the gospel. We preach the gospel to all kinds and types of men and women. We issue forth a general call, summonsing sinners to repent of their sin and of faith in Jesus Christ. We say to men, whosoever will can come. And we leave it to the Holy Spirit to make that call effectual. God the Father gave a gift of sinful men and sinful woman to Jesus Christ in eternity past. All that the Father giveth me. Jesus Christ says with assurance, shall come to me. I would say tonight to any, don't get hummock on the doctrine of election. It's a biblical doctrine. It's a deep subject. It's a wonderful truth. God is a people who will come to Christ. It's not a great encouragement. It's not something to think about when we consider the triumph of the gospel. Our preaching even here and carried off, is not in vain. The Bible says it pleased God through the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Maybe you're here tonight and like John Bunyan and you feel unworthy to come to Christ. Maybe you think, but, but I'm beyond the reach of God's saving grace. Let the light dawn on your heart and mind as it dawned <coughs> in John Bunyan one day that Jesus Christ is the great physician of sinners. The great physician of souls. Now, now think of a doctor. What's a doctor's job? Is it not to diagnose the sick? Sick people go to the doctor. Why? Because they're sick. And they know it. And they go to the doctor and say, Doctor, you've got to help me. Doctor, I'm need of healing. Doctor, I've got this wrong, I've got that wrong. You see, the doctor deals with those that are physically ill. And he deals with them every day. Just imagine if there was no sick people in the world. The doctors would be out of a job. Jesus Christ came into this world. Not only to seek and to save that which was lost. But he came into this world. As the greatest physician of souls. Souls who are sick with sin. Romans 3 and 23 says. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I believe tonight in the total depravity of the sinner. I believe tonight in the total inability of the sinner. To save and help oneself. He came to save people sick with sin. Who are conscious of their sinnership. Who, who, who recognise how sinful and depraved they are. And who say I can't heal myself. So I'll go to Dr. Jesus. He also came to save people who are sick of sin. Do you know we live in Northern Ireland where many enjoy the benefits of true religion. But the sad reality is many are not prepared to give up their sin. They want to follow Christ. They want to name the name of Jesus. But they want to live a life of secret sin. Or a life of open sin. Paul when he preached in Mars Hill and we could call it the Sermon from Mars. it would be a good title for that in Acts 17. God commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, Yes, preacher, I am sick with sin. I'm conscious of it. But I'm also sick of my sin. I'm truly sorry for it. I not only feel it, but, but, but I'm sorry for it. Isn't that what we need again in Northern Ireland? A baptism of true repentance. I believe it's the work of the Holy Spirit. People who are fed up. People who are sick to the teeth of their sin. Who feel uh, the, feel conscious of it. It's only when you're feeling that way that you'll go to him. And once you go to him, you realise I've already been given as a gift by the Father to the Son. And that's the most precious, comforting truth. Sure, there's a wonderful gift here. Secondly, there's a wonderful guarantee here, isn't there? Notice the words. And him that cometh to me, I will in no ways cast out. It can't be broken. It cannot be annulled. There's many guarantees given in life. Whether it's for a new iron, or whether it's for a new washing machine, or a new mechanical gadget or car. And maybe in a sense it's not worth the paper that it's written on. But here's a cast iron guarantee. All that the Father giveth me shall come. And him that cometh I will in no ways. That that means I will never, never, there's a double negative here, cast him out. Notice the singularity of the guarantee, shall come to me. The reference in the margin is toward me. Isn't it true tonight that the Church of Rome tries to stop sinners going directly to Jesus Christ? The Roman Catholic is told you can't go directly to Jesus Christ. You need the priest. You need other intermediaries. You need Mary. But you cannot go directly to him. Here's the Lord Jesus, and he encourages sinners to come directly to him. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me, I will in no ways cast out. Not the minister, not the pastor, not the priest, not the bishop, not the post, the pope. You can come directly to Christ. It's referred to two times. Two is the number of witness. Literally toward me. In my direction. The thought is of the individual cut off from Christ. The individual separated from the Saviour. You get the picture of the sinner cut off. From Christ, separated from the Savior by a sin and sinful lifestyle, but your iniquities have separated between me and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. You see this is a picture of the sinner out of Christ. Cut off, yes, yeah. separated by sin, yes, but here's the message you can go directly to him. Here's a question have you come to him? Have you got a testimony to the saving and keeping power? There's a time when you embrace the singularity of the guarantee. I can go directly to him. Notice something else. The approachability of the guarantee. See, Jesus Christ tonight, folks, is approachable. I believe he's the most approachable person in the whole wide world. I I couldn't go and approach the the Prime Minister tonight, directly. I don't know how approachable Mr Cameron is. I, I, I couldn't go to Buckingham Palace and approach the Queen. I don't really know how approachable Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II is. I want to tell you tonight, Jesus Christ is the most approachable person in the whole of the world. Eight y- years ago, I can't remember if it was 20 or more, but there was a big rally in the Ulster Hall, a protest rally. And it was all about a Roman Catholic theologian called Alphonsus Ligura. And he wrote a book. Called the glories of Mary. What they were trying to do in the Methodist world. Was to equate Alphonsus Liguri. With John Wesley. And of course Dr. Paisley. In those days was having none of it. And rightly so. You see Alphonsus Liguri. He, he wanted to show how great Mary was. And is. So, so he elevated her. To, to a, a co-redemptrix. Or a co-mediatrix of Christ. And he used an illustration. i I'll give it to you. Two ladders. On top of one was Jesus. He was sitting there at the top of the ladder. His arms folded. Big long face. stern, Looked unhappy. Harsh. Cold. No welcome. Sinner tries to come and climb up the ladder. You can get the picture. And he's told by Christ. You're not welcome. Christ pushes him down. And then he begins to climb up the other ladder. The top of which sat Mary. And she was portrayed as being warm and friendly. Saying to those that come by her, I can help you to get to Jesus. What utter nonsense. It's a lie. The Bible says for there's one God and one mediator between God and men. The man Christ Jesus. The Lord Jesus is the most approachable person in the whole of the world. You know that's one of the reasons why he went back to heaven. After his crucifixion and his resurrection. Remember he he had 11 post-resurrection appearances for 40 days. And then after that 40 day period he ascended to heaven. Why did he ascend to heaven? In a human body. Do you know, to make himself approachable. Could you just imagine for a minute if the Lord Jesus had stayed in Jerusalem. He would never grow old. He was in the one place. Uh, and you think of the Christians all over the world from different arch and parts, making a pilgrimage to Jerusalem, to meet with Christ, to speak to him face to face, to tell the master their needs and their burdens, their fears. You think of the cues. Think of trying to book a flight think of trying to get on a bus think of trying to go through the gates of Jerusalem but you know glory to God today, right now at this moment people from the four corners of the globe with no appointment can meet Christ straight away you can come and we have, if we had time tonight, we could deal a, a, with an amazing study of people in the Bible who come to Christ. Do you know that in Mark chapter 8, verse 2, a leper, a leper came? They, they threw stones at lepers. He was a smelly person, he was an outcast. Don't touch him, he's diseased. And yet he came to Christ and was accepted. In Matthew 8, a centurion came, he was a rough soldier. Probably a hard man. Probably a big man. You know, don't mess with me. And said he came to Christ. Matthew 9 18 speaks about a ruler came. Here's a person in authority. Person at the top. That's what we'd love to see. We'd love to see the the, the Queen and members of the royal family. and, And I'd love to see the Prime Minister and many others come to Christ. And openly testify that they're born of the Spirit and washed in the blood. And they've got the love of Jesus in their heart. In Matthew nine 28, two blind men came. And he asked them the question, what? And they said that we might see. See, there's the approachability of the guarantee. Notice something else. The universality of the guarantee. It says, and him that cometh. The word him means anyone, whosoever. That's the scope of the gospel. Any man, woman, boy or girl, none's excluded except those who exclude themselves. And if you have a man who wants to be saved. And feels his unworthiness and consciousness of his sin. And goes to Christ and says Lord save me I perish. I tell you tonight that man will be saved. Glory to God. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh. You can be saved if you come. The vilest of sinners. Who truly believes that moment from jesus a pardon receives old wp nicholson one time had a gospel mission i'm not sure if it was in belfast or bangor but he made an appeal at the mission it must have been in bangor because i i think there was very little response on that occasion um some people in bangor may be more affluent than some of the back streets of belfast think they don't need the lord and yet their greatest need is of him But there was a man up in the gallery, uh, and uh, his name was Daft Jimmy. And everybody knew Daft Jimmy. Daft Jimmy was a drunkard. Today they talk about an alcoholic, but we'll just talk about a drunkard. Today they talk about homosexuality. It's really sodomy. You see, there's an attempt to, to tone down sin, make it more palatable. But Daft Jimmy was a drunkard, and everybody knew it. And in that meeting with tears, Daft Jimmy shouted out, and I, I quote, I'll take Jesus if he'll have me. Is he a drunkard? He did come, and he got gloriously saved, and his life was changed. Him that cometh. Don't exclude yourself. Notice there's a wonderful gathering here. Or maybe a wonderful gladness would be the way to put it. All that the Father giveth me shall come. Underline the word come. And him that cometh, I will in no wise cast out. As I've said, it's a double negative. I will never, never cast him out. Do you know one of the most favourite words in all of the Bible that God has? It's come. Did you know that? You turn over there to Genesis, chapter 7. Look at your Bible, young people, underline it. Here's God speaking to Noah. (coughs) The first time it was used, God used it. Did you know that? And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thy, and all thy house into the ark. The last time it's used in the Bible, it's used as an invitation. It's used as a summons. The last book of the Bible, in the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 22, and it's in the verse 17. And the Spirit, notice it's a capital, that's the Holy Spirit that's speaking, the third person of the Trinity. God the Spirit, and the Spirit and the Bride. That's the church for which Jesus bled and died. What do they say? They say, come. Uh, And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Do you know that this word come, it's used over 600 times in the Bible? If you get Bible Gateway, and Mark Strong here has introduced me to, type in the word come, authorised version or KJV, and you'll see that over 600 references. And here's the two in between. God first gave the invitation to Noah and his family. Come thou and thy family into the ark. And that ark's a type of Christ. And this was God's invitation. This was God's summons. God was doing the calling. And God is calling to you tonight. And the same call, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, says come. The church of Christ says come. If you're a Longing for satisfaction, true joy, and inner peace, we say to you, "Come." If you feel your unworthiness, feel your (coughs) sinfulness, you've heard the word of God. We say to you, "Come." Don't remain as you are. Charlotte Elliot said, "Just as I am, without one plea." How, how do you come? come? Come acknowledging you're a sinner. Lord, I'm a sinner and I need to be saved. I've got a soul. Lord, I'm fearful about dying in my sins. Come believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. We're singing, he that believeth, present continuous tense, hath everlasting life. Believe the things that were said about him. Believe what was written of him. But be- Believe them to be truthful things. Acknowledge you're a sinner. Believe in Christ. And come to him. In a spirit of repentance and faith. Remember. He's the doctor. And he come to save those that are sick with sin. And those that are sick of sin. Those that are sorry enough to quit. That's what true repentance is. The psalmist spoke about being truly sorry. The Bible talks about godly sorrow. And as you (laughs) repent, you receive him. And that's what faith is. Forsaking all I take him, forsaking all I trust him. It's a reception of him as your Lord and your Saviour. Here's a most wonderful gladness. Come. And I leave this text with you tonight. It's a text that made history. John Bunyan's text. A wonderful gift. John Bunyan realized he was part of God's gift to Christ. There's a wonderful guarantee. It's singularity to me. It's not the church that saves, it's Christ that saves. There's a wonderful approachability. I can go directly to the Savior. And he accepts me as I am. And there's a universality here. Him that cometh. Will you come tonight? Here's a most wonderful gladness. Come as you are. And if you come tonight, you can be saved. And even in those days when you're filled with doubt, these words can be a sweet comfort to your soul. And even when you come to breathe your last, these words can be an anchor to your soul. Just like old John Bunyan. May the Lord bless these few truths to your heart this evening.